space. Here's a steal. Chance for Justin. Shot. Welcome to Outside the Box. This is Laura Schott and Kat Tarr. We're powered by Couch DM. Today we have Tracy Ham and Rachel Mercik with us to talk a little bit of soccer, the pro game, how they got to where they are. And a special thank you to Playmakers Bar and Grill here in Ridgefield, Washington. They're also in Vancouver and Camas for allowing us to have our podcast here with the Couch GM. We're so grateful for you guys. And of course, Tar Team Real Estate, Laura, me, Nick, Leslie, we're here for you guys. Should you be interested in buying, selling, investing, all the things, we are exceptionally excited, exceptionally excited to serve you guys. So we'll see you guys at the next one. So, Laura, who do we got today? Uh, Inter- introduce these ladies. Well, we have Tracy Ham, uh, currently the head coach at UC Davis, and Rachel Smersick, uh, currently an assistant at Cal. And today we're going to talk a little bit about being a professional, what that's like, what that entails. Oh, snap. The ups, the downs, the good, the bad. We'll see where it takes us. So, if you guys want to start by just telling us a little bit about yourselves, that'd be fantastic. Tracy? Oh. Oh. Well. Oh. <laughs> um. By the way, I love the name of this, the couch. I know. Yeah. And there's a couch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hard to miss. Hard to miss. Um, we didn't have one last time, actually. Swear to God. Oh, <laughs> chairs. That was a mistake. We had chairs and we're like, something's off. And I can't put my finger on it. Something feels wrong. Um, well, on that note, um, yes. Um, my name is Tracy and, um, my, am I talking about just like a very quick cliff notes of my coaching background no, or like playing uh, or what, like my life story, you went to where, college. Do we, where do we start? Okay. You we'll college. start at college. Just start off from after you left college. Okay, great. So I went to Cal, um, and then the pro league had folded, um, Musa had folded, uh, a couple years before that. So there wasn't a pro league to play in. I remember um, I was unemployed. You were. Uh-huh. Uh, but you were also a big inspiration of mine. I mean, you were, we were teammates and I was like, I want to do that. So uh, I want to be like her. Um, but then there wasn't a league. Like so. Laura. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. So then the WPS started in 2009, I think. And I graduated in 2006. So I played for in the WPSL, like most of the former pros from WUSA. And it was awesome. I played for the Storm, um, had a bunch of, you know, former pros or like, I guess, current pros play. Um, it was an awesome experience. Um, and then I got drafted to um, the Atlanta Beat. Uh, or sorry, no, that's that was my second team. I got drafted by the FC Gold Pride in the inaugural season. Um, and then in the off season, I uh, was the assistant coach at Cal. And then I got a new contract with the Atlanta Beat. Uh, so I was there for a year and then um, went to grad school at Boston University. I got my master's in sports psychology. Uh, and then I moved back to California and I got hired at Santa Rosa Junior College, uh, where I was the head coach for three years there. Um, while I was there, I got a second master's in uh, coaching and athletic administration from Concordia University. And then I got the head coaching job at San Francisco State, where I was there for four years. Um, and I did a bunch of licenses. I did my UEFA license, um, my B and my A, did my U.S. soccer B license as well. Um, and then had just a lot of success. It was awesome. And then I got hired at UC Davis, 
um, in 2019, where I have um, been ever since. That's a lot. You've done a lot. It's, it's been it's been a lot. I'm on my ADD medicine, but in the middle, I was like lost. That was a, you've got a <laughs> hell of a career, girl. You set the bar and then like, <laughs> guiding, it's like, oh, what you do next? And wow. Like still. Yeah, yeah. And then she's like, then I got my 13th master's. <laughs> okay. That's true. That is the, that's a lot of education. I mean, that's the, you can probably use all of them. That's the goal. I mean, we're going to get there. I'm going to keep doing stuff. Because then after that, all of that, I had, um, I got married and I had a baby this past year. Woohoo. So I just like, I just like really like to cram it all in, you know? So. I'm like, babies. <laughs> Yeah, another, I that it was time because I had told her we were on a 10 minute delay, but it came through month on her end. Oh, so she was like, I can only wait nine months. And I said, well, here's something you could do. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, pass yeah. the time. Pass the time. Pass the time. How old is your son? son? My daughter, Wesley, ah, is, um, she'll be 11 months next week. 11 months. Congratulations. Oh Lisa, that's Thank awesome. You. Yeah, she's super cute. What's it like to mom and coach right now? Um, I, you know, this past year was like just a lot of like newness and I felt like I always put like, you know, a hundred percent into what I'm doing and, yeah. but it felt like, I don't know. I just wanted to prove to myself and my team um, and just like all other like female coaches that you know, like you can do it all. And, uh, so I don't know, it was, I mean, it was really hard. Like, I don't really remember the month of like August or September okay, so because I would I sleep like three it. hours a I night. I remember it, but I'm a big Tracy fan. So I followed it and you had a great year. And <laughs> I know at the end you were not satisfied because of the loss, but, um, you played a good game and, um, it was unfortunate. I know you wanted to go to the tournament as you always do. And that's always the goal, but you had an extremely good year. Yes. Yeah, we did. We did. We did. Second conference, but it was, yeah, I mean, it was fun to have like Wesley there, like at some of our games and stuff, but I just like, I looking back now, I'm like, I like, can't believe that, you know, I would show up to double days in August in 110 degree weather on like literally two hours of sleep and just like yeah. pump in my office in between practices oh and like on my way, you know, and I it, like, I'm like, I don't, know how i did that or like let, let yeah. me i mean like talk about the the reality of that i mean are we talking there's a baby crying at night i have three so the baby's up and you're sounds like you're nursing um at some capacity mm -hmm. and then you've got two a day so where's baby is baby with you is there a nanny is there what's going on like what's the back <laughs> behind the scenes if you don't mind sharing no, that's okay. Um, yeah, we actually just, we're lucky. We have like a lot of family around. So my husband's, um, aunt watches her like three or four days a week. Um, and then like some days my mom would help some days, like his mom would help. Yeah. Um, some days like friends would help. We'd have like a wow. random person on like Fridays. I mean, this girl just got like passed around. I was like, so anyone out there, um, you know, and then, uh, are you the like marrying her sometimes too, maybe? Um, oh yeah. Like when she was six weeks old, I went and did to the Chula Vista, like Olympic training center. I went and did, um, like an emotional intelligence training for what? like three days with her attached to my body. And luckily like Rachel <laughs> was there, um, and her boyfriend, Alec, who's amazing. And they like, I'd just like be like, okay, can you hold her while I go do this? Or like, I need yeah. like 10 minutes to like 
workout? Can you just take the baby? And um, one of my other good friends um, actually came uh, with me as well, just to help. She's the founder of Goal 5, which is like a women's soccer um, apparel brand. Um, and she's like, so she also, so she came to like help and that was like incredible. So it, what, what I think has been like most, um, and like, I don't even want to say like, it wasn't like rewarding. I mean, but it was like just amazing as like how many people showed up for me the past like 10 months that, you know, I yeah. like, you know, it's just been incredible. Like I felt, I felt so supported. Wow. You know? Well, let's, and, uh, let's switch over to Rachel here. I know we went on a side yeah. note because Wesley's adorable. Uh, but Rachel, I need I need all the information on. Rachel is also adorable, so let's yeah. dive in. <laughs> she um, is. I, I, don't, I don't have a baby. Um, all I right, this is, we're done here. Yeah, <laughs> I do have one really fun story though. Is that when we Alec and I were watching Wesley, um, she started to hiccup, and Tracy was you know doing some things, and I remember googling it with Alec. We were like, "Is this okay? Are we?" Do babies hiccup? Is this a normal thing? Do we need to call Tracy? You Google do babies hiccup. This is a weird part of your bio, but yeah, I'm in yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah they're, like, yes. they're like, yes, it's a human. Yeah, it is. Well, you know, that's kind of um well anyway. Um after Cal. So went to Cal as well, um 2010 to 2013. And then um I actually hung around for a spring. Um, you know, didn't really know. I wanted to go pro the nwsl at that time had kind of it was very new um i think 2013 was its first year if i'm not yeah. mistaken so um kind of hung around there for the through the spring of 2014 so my last fall was 2013 um and so i was training with the the team and i remember i was around berkeley and i got a phone call from an agent i had you know kind of contacted an agent um and he just said hey can you be in germany in three days and i, I said that. i know that story yeah <laughs> sure yep i will yeah let's do it so i booked a flight packed all my stuff um literally three days later i was in germany and so I played, in potsdam right yep yep down in potsdam so yeah really interesting rookie year you know um at the time they were you know champions league winners yeah. they were league winners i mean they just had a, a really robust history that i had no idea about just because i hadn't done any research and you know the the european side of um women's soccer was foreign to me for lack of a better term um so i was there for about a year uh so potsdam's royalty i mean i was oh, yeah uh, I played in the Bundesliga for almost five years and Sam's yeah. got the mixture of culture, fandom, beyond fandom. It's like yeah. uh, there's like chicks with just Potsdam tattoos on their arms. It's big. Like, yeah. holy, holy smokes. No yeah, keep going. Keep going. Yeah. 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 yeah right here. <laughs> I, I'm one of them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we had, I had some guy come up to me and had a picture of my, you know, we did like photo shoots and stuff. Oh, um, yeah. And he was like, can you sign this for me? And then my mom saw it on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> did she buy it? I think it was, I don't, I don't know if she did. Maybe. Um, <laughs> she couldn't afford it. Yeah. This is really expensive. Oh, okay. So, okay. Uh, so yeah, it was a year. Um, and again, I played around a lot of um, players that, and it really just kind of started my passion for the European leagues and like seeing who all these people were that were coming in and out of our training sessions that had been with, you know, Potsdam before. Um, 
so after that, um, didn't really know kind of what was next. I, I didn't want to stay in Germany. I was kind of had the bug of traveling and my agent, we always were kind of butting heads because at the time my pro career was serious to me, but I also wanted to kind of travel a little bit and see if I could play in different countries. Now, looking back, um, I kind of see that that's not really the vibe anymore, right? It's not necessarily about traveling all the time. It's like you go and, you know, they want, the clubs want you to stay for some time. So um, took about six months, well, we can expand on that later, but took about a six month break and actually became, came back to Cal to continue training as a student assistant, um, kind of like a manager, basically. Um, How long had you been at Potsdam then for? I was a year. So I did a full year. Yeah. So I, okay. Yeah. Full season, um, a full fall and spring, basically. Yeah. Um, and then I got, so those six months, uh, came back from into California and, you know, coached for six months at like a local club. And again, just like had my agent kind of look for things that were, you know, available. And so he calls me in November and he says, Hey, um, you know, I think at this time we were about to play like Stanford and, you know, so the season was going on for the college. And he said, Hey, we have, I have a trial for you in Sweden at lean shopping. And they were a huge team in Sweden. Like, yeah, they're much, yeah at the same kind of um, status as like Rosengord. Um, so those were the two big teams when I was playing. Yeah. And I think, you know, it was in, it was a one week trial. I, um, I feel like I did really well, but it just wasn't what they were looking for. And so a week later, um, my agent says, hey, it didn't really work out. But someone saw you there that was at another team and gave that their general manager a call. And so they want to sign you. I said, and that happens. Like nobody yeah. talks. Good for you to talk about that because there's yeah. so many players who are like, and then I went straight to the top team. And right. then you look and no, they didn't. They went like oh. four different teams until they got there. Cause that's the reality is you can mm -hmm. be the best player and you cannot fit a team. So kudos. On I mean, reality. Yeah. And, and to be honest, to touch on that, I feel like I played really well in that week, but um, the coach got sick. The head coach, he didn't come to, I would say 80% of the trainings. And I think he just called my agent and was like, yeah, I mean, I guess, but no, we're good. Yeah. He was like, I wasn't there. I don't know. Yeah. He's like, well, you know, maybe next time. So, um, you know, sure. and then, yeah. So then obviously when I played them in the season, I was like, I'm going to prove them wrong. You're like, I'm going to score a million goals. Yeah. Good for you. Um, so I played in Sweden for two years. So I played at the, a small club, um, still in the first division, um, uh, Domo Svenskin, um, called Vitua, Goiko, um, really small town, enjoyed it. What? I said Gesundheit. Yeah. Goiko. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, it's really, honestly, my parents trying to even say, they're like, Vitsio? Vitsio. It's Joe. Um, so I played there for a year and then I, ext I extended my contract. Um, after that, I was kind of done in Sweden and um, my agent found a club that competed in the Champions League, which was kind of my next goal, right? As you are in the European leagues for I'm, yeah. it's about three years now and you hear about Champions League and all this stuff. And this team, Apollon Ladies, um, also had this like very high standard of bringing a, a lot of Americans in to kind of compete in the Champions League. They win their league all the time, all this stuff. Um, and I was there for two years. And then I actually had to medically retire um, when I was in Cyprus. 
Um, and then that was pretty much it. The pandemic hit uh, about three months later. And I think it was actually pretty good timing. I'm actually pretty happy with, you know, the timing um, of all that. What does medically yeah. retire mean? What, did, what happened? I fell off a bike and mm-hmm. I hit my head and it was just kind of, I'd had, you know, a few concussions in my career. And so I think it was just, um, and when it was a personal choice, I think I could have kept going, but um, I just said, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to kind of hang like the last straw, right? Yeah, kind of. It yeah. was like, I've, I've, I'm up there now. My head needs a little break from heading <laughs> or hitting pavement. One of the two. Yeah. So very different, um, I guess, journeys through, through professional soccer, kind of how you got to where you got to and then what you did while you were there. What was maybe, what were some of the unexpected things? Like, did you have some expectations going in and then there were moments where you were just like, well, this isn't what I thought it would be good or bad. Yeah. Um, I, I'll be honest, right off the bat, I think um, a lot of players that go to Europe are coming out of the college system. And a lot of colleges, not all of them, but a lot of them have really great medical staff. They have um, fantastic weight rooms. They have locker rooms. I mean, you have a lot of really great stuff. And then you go to Europe and there's a lot of clubs that don't. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, very different. Um, you have to navigate it differently and you kind of have to vouch for yourself, which some people are okay doing that. I was okay doing that and just kind of figuring it out. Some aren't, right? And that's why the European system and the European way can be, it's not for everyone, if I'm being really blunt. Um, So that was a big one that I remember kind of recognizing. Um, A good thing that was kind of different at the time was I think the fan base and also just the football mindset in Europe. Um, I know I'm speaking- The culture. Yeah. It was, you know, every, like our field- I'll speak on Sweden, our field and even in Germany was for us yeah, it was for the women's team. And it, we had our own locker rooms. And so, um, and you had fans and it was a small community based feel instead of playing at the time, right. In um, at high schools or kind of what that, it was just a different vibe. So those are my two kind of contrasting points on my end. Yeah. I remember when I was playing for Germany in Germany in the Bundesliga and we had a, like a fitness day and we had to run around the track for two laps and then they would take blood out of our earlobes to (laughs) to check for the lactic acid mind you the u.s is like lactic acid doesn't exist so here i am letting this person just drain blood from my earlobes as i'm just running around the track and i remember thinking i don't know this (laughs) This could be a good thing. It could be a weird thing. My ears were frozen. It was very cold and they just kept poking and there wasn't a lot of blood coming out and they were just squeezing. And I thought, this is a very German moment and I'm here and it's fine. But yeah, also, um, I had a, uh, I had to get a surgery on my knee and, and I had already three in college and they're like, you know, you got a knee surgery in college that night you go, it's the whole work suit. And they were like, well, what are your thoughts about staying awake during the scope? So they wanted to put me just on a table and keep me awake and do the arthroscopy for my meniscus. Mind you, in the U.S., like, it's the whole works. I get the drip. I'm snoozeville. I wake up. It's all done. Blah, blah, blah. These guys wanted to keep me awake. And I said, "Uh, we already did the awake during the colonoscopy. (laughs) 
I want to pass on any surgery. <laughs> the hard pass. So, uh, yeah, I feel you on that. Yeah. We yeah. don't talk about the awake during the colonoscopy. Oh, Let's dive into that. <laughs> God. No, Pardon me, it was a good time. Yeah. You're next. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, oh my goodness. Goodness. yeah, I we well no, I mean wow. Um gosh, I feel like I didn't have any expectations going in at all. Um and I don't know, like I, I have like I don't know, I have like a couple like regrets and just like things that I like wish I like had mentorship through or like knew, but <clears throat> I mean so playing for the FC Gold Pride, we trained at De Anza College and our locker room was like the community college locker room. So before training, I would be putting my cleats on next to like 75-year-old naked women getting ready for like aerobic fitness class in their swimsuits, like just tits wow. down to their knees, you know? And I'm like, yeah, all right really set the tone for this like hardcore yeah. training session that's coming yeah, up feeling ready I'm locked in um, right now. locked yeah. in really locked in um <laughs> yeah <laughs> um no you know but like i think everybody at that time because like it was that was the first year that the league had come back like you know everyone just like didn't care they just like wanted to play and so the fact that there was an opportunity to play was so awesome so like yeah. we would have played on like a dirt field in the middle of nowhere in order to like for the opportunity to like be pros yeah. you know um, yeah. and so, so you know, like down I, to the knees was breath of fresh air. It, it was, I was, it was welcomed. Like, well, whatever welcomed. It takes. I was like, save me a spot. There's grass. This is fine. Yeah. Um, you know, and we all like had, you know, like the housing and stuff was fine. I mean, like, you know, like there was things that I felt like were like, were awesome, you know? Um, but obviously like there was, you know, what were you making again, Tracy? What were you making at that time? First contract, um, I think it was thirty thousand. Um, oh, wow. but it was for first. But it was but what? it was six quarters for, for, for six months. Way to advance the yeah. game. Yeah, and uh if you wanted to do housing, um, you know, like the, you could have gotten like a family stay. Like I chose to, you know, because I, I was coaching club at the time, like and since it was local, I got to stay with my club. So, you know, I was like making I had, like my side hustle. So I you know, stayed in an apartment, but, um, yeah, it was good except, you know, like, I think it was like, I came in like really uh, coming off. I broke my wrist. Um, I had a compound fracture during the combine. Um, they did like a WPSL combine. Um, and that's, you know, how everyone kind of got seen that wasn't in college. Um, and so I, yeah, I'd had surgery. Um, I was asleep. Um, they didn't keep me awake for Lucky. that one when they drilled a screw through my, my arm. Um, but yeah. And so like, I wasn't like, I mean, I think I hadn't been able to play as much as I like had wanted because I was coaching high school as well. And so I broke my arm, I broke my wrist, got surgery. And then I was trying to play and train and prepare. Um, and while I did that, I like went into a tackle and instead of falling on my broken wrist with my cast, I turned and landed funny and I separated my shoulder and I had like a grade two AC separation. And that was about three weeks before training camp started. Um, and so I didn't get to, like, I feel like, you know, like just unlucky and maybe like dumb on my part to be doing these things. But um, 
yeah, I don't feel like I was like as prepared as I like would have wanted to be. So my training camp, you know, um, I thought I like did like, well, like I was definitely fit. I was tough. I was doing, you know, all the strengths, things that I'm like good at. Um, and you know, Albertine Montoya was the coach of, um, the gold pride at that time. Um, and he is a coach that really, really, really likes super technical players. Um, and all we really did, um, during preseason was like small sided games and like juggling. Juggling is not my strength. Um, juggling. Oh, tons of juggling. Yeah. Tons of juggling and tons of like small sided stuff. You were just like. I juggled a hundred and he was like, that's what I like. <laughs> that's what happens. Okay. It, I don't, I don't know if he like, yeah, we did a lot of juggling and we okay. did a lot of, I just, just like, I've never heard that sentence. We did a lot yeah, of juggling. We did some juggling. Okay. Yeah. Well, and Albert, hey, actually played, hey, he played kids, a lot. Juggle. It's important. Or, or women in your mid-20s. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That right. good. Yeah. So I, you know, and I think Albertine, if he like had to look back and cause obviously he's the coach of AFC and he was, you know, coaching Washington spirit. Like he's obviously had, I'm sure tremendous growth as a coach as well the sure. past 10 years, but sorry, 10, like 15 years now. Holy shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, and he was, he had only coached club before, you know, and like youth players. So I think it was like a big jump and he was trying to figure it out for himself as well. And so but that was his yeah. box, like his measurement system and he, yeah, just that, that was kind of, you know, what we did. And I think, you know, like talking to someone like the, you know, like Christine Sinclair and Leslie Osborne and Brandy, you know, there's definitely some elements of us being like, what's happening? Like, are we going to go over like our, like the way we're going to play or like whatever. Anyway, it sure. was, it was, yeah. I mean, again, like it was just a time where like there were so many unknowns and everyone was just trying to like make it work. Right. And so anyway, he ended up releasing me, um, and me and Jill Oaks and Jill Oaks was the number one draft pick in the league that year. Um, he, Jill was, Jill's incredible. She's in the national team, but she, she too was, you know, not a, she was technical, but like her biggest strength was like, I'm an athlete. I'm a ball winner. I'm like a six big distributor. Very, very good. And he didn't care for, you know, that as well. And so that was on his premium. Yeah, yeah correct. Yeah. And that exactly. So like, that's, that's, and that's his prerogative and that's totally fine, you know? So like, obviously like no hard feelings there. And, um, you know, I obviously want the best for him and Bay FC and all those things. And we've stayed in contact. I've got a bunch of NBL players, you know, at my programs over the past like 10 years. So, um, you know, him and I have like remained like friends and stuff, but yeah, so he, I got released, um, and ended up playing with, you know, the storm again and, um, got invited back in with the pride, um, a couple different times. And my mistake was like, just like, you know, like I was kind of, you know, I was bitter and I was like, no, I'm good. Um, and at that time I'd gotten a job offer to be the assistant at Cal. And I was like, this is awesome. I was enjoying it a lot. Um, so I wanted to see that through. Um, and I, you know, was hopeful that I would sign a new contract, which I did. So then I went to, um, Atlanta and I played almost the whole season, um, until you guys remember when, um, St. Louis folded, they couldn't pay their bills and they just had to like blow up their team in the middle of the year. Um, And so all of the other, like there's like only eight teams or something, right. The other seven teams had to acquire all of those, um, those players. And so we ended up getting like Hope Solo and Carly Lloyd and um, I think Iniola and yeah, exactly. So um, it was like, you know, so those players, like, you know, and I was in the 18 roster, which was awesome. But with those players joining, 
he um garrett i can't remember his last name um whatever he ended up but coach anyway, garrett. yeah coach garrett <laughs> he um yeah i mean he's like we have to move you to like a developmental spot to make room for um Carly and Hope and, you know, these other players that are starters on this like St. Louis team. And I was like, and I think, I think that's important because there's a lot of us who are ladies who like the game of soccer and who are very good at the game of soccer and very few spots, even Mm -hmm. when you guys were playing, even when I was playing, even when Rachel was playing, like, if you look at the numbers, it's a, it's a, it's a tough numbers game. You know, I was released from Chicago, um, it's it's kind of a, a story that makes sense when you separate all the U.S. national team players, some of them who are playing into their 40s, mind you, and right. and then you um, divvy up the spots left. It's a it's it's not a big number. Tracy, it's like it was like 75 Americans total were playing in that league. So Is for that me, it? I'm like wow. that it that's it because every yeah. team had five internationals. So it's like many, I mean that's guys- so few players. You guys being involved in the second league, how many were there eight teams the whole time? I don't remember until St. Louis folded. I think so. And then, so then, so then when that, so I kind of was like, all right, maybe like I'll take the developmental spot, you know, like, okay. Um, And then I talked to the owner of the Atlanta beat and was like, you know, like, what do you, like, what are your thoughts? You know? And he was like, Trace, if I'm being really honest, like this league's going to fold next year. So there's only one more year left, you know, like it, it's kind of like the writings on the wall stick around. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to like put my big girl pants on. And like, at that point, to be honest though, like I had felt like, you know, I kind of just like wanted to redeem myself from like my experience prior, you know? And so I felt really good about like how I'd prepared and my experience at the um, Atlanta. And so I applied to grad school while I was playing for Atlanta Um Nice. Just just in case another thing happened where I was released, I wanted to like have a plan because that felt really shitty when I got released and was like, oh my God, like, what am I going to do now? Like this, I put sure. my entire like heart and soul into like being this pro soccer player. Um, so I wanted to have like a backup plan kind of and just something else to look forward to, um, like if and when. And luckily, like I did. And I, so I left Atlanta um, in July and then I went, I moved to Orange County and I played for the Orange County Wave and like, I don't know what league that was um, for like, I don't know, a month or something or three weeks. And then I moved straight from LA to um, Boston and started grad school. So it was cool. And I actually trained with the breakers a few times, which is awesome. Like got to like meet Tony DeChico and cause they needed players. Like when there was, you know, national team players had to leave for camp and stuff. And um, cause I'd reached out to him and I was like, if you need practice players, like I'm around, I'd love to play and stuff. He's like, yeah. So I would go like to Harvard and go train with them a few times. And um, yeah, it was cool. I mean, and they, it was fun, you know, it, just was good to get back out there but yeah, it's interesting um, to hear you say yeah. that because the first league I mean Tracy you know because you were a freshman when I was a senior and I um got drafted to Washington DC and I was in the same, same situation I mean everybody really except for the players that are you know the international people who have been brought over and the players that are in the U.S. women's national team well on the team or in the pool um, really anybody else at that point. And I think it's probably somewhat similar now. Um, you know, you kind of end up, um, in a tryout situation, right? You still have to make the team, even though you get drafted. And I remember, you know, just Mm -hmm. doing everything I could to get on the roster, got on the roster. And then we got on a a conference call, you know, within a matter of, I don't know, I don't remember the timeline. I'm going to go with a week and they, (laughs) 
<laughs> they told us that the league uh, was going to be gone after the year. And they were considering having it gone after two years. And so this was a conference call with everybody in the league, mind you, every team. So I'm in a room with my entire team. right? Wow. And then all the other teams supposedly are in their markets having the same call and talking through this. So, I mean, once, once I had accepted my spot, I was there and I knew that it was going to be done in a year. And I mean, I guess at that point you could still leave, but um, I was still looking forward to the opportunity. I wanted to play out the year and then I went back to college. You know, it's (laughs) funny too, because when you said, and then it just folded and then there was nothing to do. And I'm like, "Ah." you know, I was in the WPS when that happened and it's just, it's the reality of women in soccer. You guys remember, you know, when the NWSL started in 2013, I remember like being excited and also just like crossing my fingers going, <laughs> can it last longer than three years? Did you guys yeah. have the same thought? <laughs> yes, 100%. And it was because like, well, I kept asking people, I was like, what, what is different? Because the WPS was like, we're yeah. going to do everything totally different than the WUSA. It's not going to be a league owned team. You know, yeah. it's going to be individual franchises and they have to have like X amount of dollars to make sure that they're like viable for a certain amount of years and like all these different things. And it was like, okay, cool. So it's not like magic Jack where everybody's like living in a penthouse and you know, like whatever, That's all these like, weird story. extremes. I don't know. That story? I don't know that uh, story. The, oh, I mean, <laughs> there was like, well, yeah. They like started with was- naming it magic Jack. Like <laughs> we were in trouble. Yes. <laughs> Oh my gosh. You know, but like, I just, there was things that I felt like, okay, like they're going to do the league like the right way. And I don't, I mean, the NWSL obviously again was like truck. They learned from Musa's mistakes, learned from WPS's mistakes. And, um, and you know, to be fair, probably a lot of it was when, well, they subsidized the national team's pay for, with, you know, with the national team. So that like, I think that changed everything because I mean, you had those players essentially, and like this, like they should have taken all the money that they could get, of course, like take advantage of like where you're at in your career. But I mean, paying those players, it was like bankrupted every team, you know, in WPS. And so when they were able to figure that out, like it made a lot more sense. And, you know, players were not making 30,000 for six months, they're making 15,000. And it's like, it just, and, you know, again, like women were just in a position where it's like, you just, you wanted to play. So you kind of like, didn't question it or ask, you know, like it was just awesome. Um, and now obviously they're trying to change that, but it takes time. Like I, you know, I think there's a lot of just mistakes, like trying to be too big too soon. And yeah. Um, but NWSL I think is obviously doing it the right way and they've turned into, I mean, Portland with Thorns just got valued at 63 million or something. And I think they were yeah, purchased sold. for like three, 300,000 or something. Yeah. They just, uh, they just sold. Um, yeah. so they have new ownership, but yeah, yeah they're, they're launching that. And I, I don't actually, at this point, I don't have a whole lot of information on what that's going to look like or what's going to change. But mm-hmm. I think after, you know, after the NWSL and the age report and all that stuff came out and so many teams were implicated, um, I don't know. I feel like this is a new foot really for the league. They're starting mm-hmm. out in a, a new, a new path and uh, hopefully we can get some more things right. But yeah. I know from when I was playing to when you guys were then playing and Rachel, you're abroad and having a whole nother experience. Things have changed a ton. Yeah. Rachel, what's it like now? I mean, when I went into college, there was no pro team. So I was making my decisions on my scholarships on like, what did I want to do when I got bigger? And now all of a sudden there's this NWSL league. There's the women's Bundesliga, which I don't know about you. I saved 
a lot of money when I came back from four years in the bonus league. I made a lot of money. Um, one of my close friends from the University of Missouri, she's 36 now. She's still playing pro in Denmark and is head of the Dana Cup and is making a lot of money. There's there's money now. There's money to be made. There's um, there's a lot to aspire to that we didn't have. So talk, talk to me about like these women that come into a high-level college game. Now, now, we all know they need to get a degree and they all need to be aware of what's after that. But are these women coming in and saying, I want to play pro, get me there? Um, yeah, I'm more, more so than when I was playing, um, you know, or when all of us really, I mean, it's, it's just progressive, you know, it's gotten progressively better. Um, I still think that, uh, we still have a little bit of, you know, time to go in terms of the risk versus reward of going pro. Um, you know, we just talked about money and kind of what that looks like, and yeah, for sure. You can definitely find places that make you money. Um, and you can have like a very good career in terms of that financially, but I still think that there's some girls that, um, maybe it isn't their end goal. I think that they will try. I think there's more girls that are like, Oh, well, I'll try, you know, I'll go, I'll put my name in the draft and then I'll maybe go and talk to a few agents about going abroad. But if there's not really something that works out perfectly for some of them, it's like, okay, I'm just going to hang up my boots. And we've had a, you know, there's been girls that have been drafted and then didn't, you know, come into camp, you know, they were like, well, they just said no. Yeah. They were just like, yeah, not at Cal. I mean, maybe, um, you know, I don't know the exact history, but I know that there have been instances, right. Where they get offered a 90,000, you know, um, entry job in the tech world in San Francisco or something. And sure. it's like, well, I mean, I'll, I'll play on Sundays. <laughs> You know, so, uh, but it's more, and I think there's more um, girls, especially that are watching the game. It's mm -hmm. not exactly where the level that, you know, we all think want it to be, but we're getting there. Um, the NWSL being on ESPN this upcoming season is really exciting. So obviously that is helping kind of the, the um, just, yeah. The hype. Yeah, exactly. Right. So where did you play in the Bundesliga, by the way? What team? Sure. I played for TV Berlin and I paid for Essen Schinnebeck. Oh, wow. So we were very yeah. close to each other. SES Essen. Yeah, we played you guys a lot. We played in Potsdam. We played against mm -hmm. Potsdam in front of the um, the German president, which was Ooh. a very, very big moment. Yes. Did you guys play each other? No? Uh, what year were you in the Bundesliga? 14 to 15. No. I'm old. Or did you play in like Japan or Russia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she was back here playing. I was, I was then. with the Thorns in 1450. But we we just missed each other, darn yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So, you know. Yeah. 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 No, um, I think that I met a man over there. Oh. We've been married 13 years now, but oh, he was my translator. That. He picked me up from the airport. It's a really weird story, but I like it a lot. I love that. <laughs> Laura, Laura, did you play in Russia? She did. She doesn't part, like to talk about it. I think there's trauma. It's just oh. the weirdest. It's just so weird. I think that that's why I don't talk about it is because it's maybe the strangest thing. This. Oh, oh. Okay, no, but I also uh, want to hear Kat's, Kat's like lover story. No, the Kat, Russia one's probably more fun. Kat falling in love with her translator story? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want, okay. I also let's really want Mercek to spin the wheel. Story. Do we want Claire falls in love with translator? Or. <laughs> female professional soccer player goes to Russia. 
I think that one's more fun. I think that one's, I think we're going to land on that one today. I don't even think about it anymore. And you know how I am when I don't think about things. I have to like recall. Um, well, I ended up there because I was playing for the storm in the Bay Area. And I don't know if Tracy you might remember Emily Burt that played at Stanford. She, we were like the two playing up top uh, that, that year. It was, gosh, too long ago. And um, she went over before me. And then I got a call and she was like, hey, they, they want another striker. And they're interested. And I was like, okay. So I started talking to him and then, you know, went through the whole visa process, which was weird in itself. And yeah, ended up going over there. Um, I played in the Champions League, which is another weird fact about Russia. But um, it was just so strange, guys. I mean, we were basically on what I would call an army base. It was like tall walls. You drive in. The owner had, I don't know how many BMWs. And then like concrete village. Yeah. Yeah, with like a soccer field, and I'm going to call what we lived in kind of a dorm sort of situation. Um, and you were just isolated. You were just isolated in the middle of Russia. And I was like, I mean, if I had to leave, I don't know how I would. And it was <laughs> so oh it was just, Yeah. And um, I think a lot of stories have come out from, from oh, yeah. that. But um, mm-hmm. long story short, just some, so, I mean, as you could imagine, some strange things happened. I remember wearing like one day they sent us on, I'm going to go with like at least an eight mile run in boots. Like, like in, yeah. Like military or like, or like soccer yeah. boots. I mean, at some point, they like wanted, soccer boots or like hiking boots. No, like, like, uh, let's go with galoshes. <laughs> yeah. You were like, Hey, let's, let's go on an eight mile run in boots with no arches just to get ready for the champions league. Oh, perfect. Like, yeah, so that's neat. Yeah, um, I'm surprised I didn't hurt myself at that point. But. We we had a player come from directly from Russia to Essen. Okay? No, <laughs> okay. she Sorry was not well. Oh, what happened? Um, I'm not going to say your name. She did end up playing the following year with me in the NWSL, so we kind of giggled She's about safe. it. She. They had took it. They had taken her passport from her in Russia. She was. I don't remember if that happened to me. Nutritionally behind. <laughs> they also wanted to give you shots, which I remember. from her blood okay. earlobe test. She was honestly anorexic as I'd ever seen. Um, she tried out, and I remember the our coach being like, "That person is unwell," because mm-hmm. Germans they're very just to the point. He's oh, like, yeah. he's like. Uh, that American is unwell. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah, she's not healthy. I, like, I um, agree. Yeah. And then um, I talked to her and I said, what, what's going on? She's like, well, they took my passport from me. We had to flee. Um, they, The coach slapped me across the face a few times. I mean, it was physical abuse, mental abuse. They took her passport from her. I keep saying that, but it's just like, can you imagine going? You're like, I want to play soccer. They're like, I'll take that passport, and now you no longer have any way of leaving. So I'll give you my exit story. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. How'd you get yeah, out? I'll give you how I got out of there. So it was time to leave, um, and, you know, like a lot of them live there, and a lot of them are Russia, and they stay there. So uh, I'd gotten all my stuff together, and there was a bodyguard, and I think he was – what's the what's the police force there called? Is it the KGB? Is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah. Uh-huh. 
So I think he was maybe part of that. Anyway, um, he picked me up and there's like a gun in the car. Okay. So there's a gun in the car and I think he (laughs) picked it up and put it in the glove box. I'm like, okay, I guess, guess what? And then they still needed to pay me. So the way that they paid me was that we drove together to a bank. Okay. So we drive to a bank that's like all bulletproof glass and he gives me cash. Okay. So like a stack of like thousands of dollars of cash. I'm getting on a train. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so it, he had gone the wrong way or something. We spent some extra time in the car together, so that was wonderful. Great. And then eventually I get to a train station, and he can't really speak English, but he communicates to me that when I get to Moscow, somebody's going to pick me up and get me from the train station to the airport. So I get to the train, and I am in a box, like a small, maybe like six by eight box with four people that I don't know. <laughs> I am on like a cot with a stack upper bunk with a stack with a stack of money stack. in my jacket. <laughs> and I'm just like laying there, laying there for 11 hours, because that's how remote it was, on it, just being like, and it's stopping, right? I'm on a top bunk in a Russian train and it's stopping. So I'm just like, I just like, you know, trying not to roll off. <laughs> just like staying up all night. So then I get there and I find a stranger who takes me to the airport, and I left. What? I'm, it's everything I thought that was going to come out of your mouth. And, and more. And more. And yeah. More. yeah. No, it was, uh, it was weird. And the soccer was weird. They yelled a lot. They wanted me to just run the whole time. And I was like, this isn't how you play soccer. Mm, this is sounds weird. like college soccer. So, did you, with your, like, you know, when you come back from being out of the country and you have to, like, go through customs and they're like, are you carrying more than like $10,000 of something? Like, Mm. did you have to like go to like a secret room and be like, I have like a hundred thousand dollars in like Russian, whatever type of money Russia has. It was, it was us. Or did you go to the bank and you're like, it was us dollars. It was us dollars. Well, we should all go over there. How much was it? I don't. Yeah. How much was it? Sign me up. Or like, we need to know how much dollars it was. Because if it was this big, if you use it as a pillow, and it's I mean, I'm going to leave tomorrow. Also, so, I mean, it's just such a weird story. I think that I don't tell it. And I also don't want people to be like, I'm so glad you didn't die. So I, I don't really talk about it because I feel like the immediate reaction is kind of like, oh, man. I, wow. Okay. That was dangerous. Why'd you do that? And I, I didn't know. I didn't yeah, know. I'm like, that sounds I would have cool. signed up for that. No, uh-uh, that doesn't sound like something that you would sign up for. Yeah, sign me up for that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So we know that we've come a long way from Laura li- living in a box car for 11 hours, a million dollars, which like stop switching about a million dollars. You're fine. A million is a pillow. Right. Um, where, do we, where do we go from here? You guys are both in the game. Is the game getting better are you seeing women soccer players more technical more tactical smarter is everything going on the up and up or are we in a lull there's a lot of people who are on instagram and social media who just bitching about the game and saying oh man where are we going from here what are your guys thoughts on the future do you mean um as a whole yeah global 
Whatever you want, girl. Women's professional soccer. You can take it any direction. And also, because you guys are in the Bay Area, I mean, maybe you can put a comment in about, um, you know, Bay FC and what that's oh, been yeah. like, the launch down there. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll touch on the global side of it. I would say it's just going to keep getting better. I don't necessarily think that there's a lull. I think there were conversations about where the U.S. is particularly headed. Um I think that all of that was squashed with the hiring of, of Emma Hayes. And I think, I, I mean, again, I don't know Black Code, but I think, um, you know, it was just maybe time for a change kind of deal situation. I think Emma Hayes is going to be fantastic. I think she's going to bring a new energy. Um, but I think global. She's intense. I had her at Chicago. She's Oh, you did? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's the thing. I don't know any of these coaches personally. So um, I think as a fan now, um, I'm excited as a former professional. I think I'm just excited to see where all of this goes globally. I think um, I think the Europe there's always these conversations on Twitter, right? Like, is the NBSL the best league is are these European you know, leagues? Like, what does that look like? European teams will come over. And I just, you know, I don't really, I'm just like, I'm just happy that um, women are getting not only paid, but also getting the recognition yeah. and um, just, I mean, I was running our media, our, our Instagram accounts when I was in Sweden because it just wasn't a thing, you know, it wasn't that big. And now all of these clubs that I've been at and more, you know, have um, photo shoots and professional photographers and videographers. And so the game is just growing in yeah. all facets really um and there's just more money and there's a lot more um just recognition and and so i'm excited about that personally yeah i think i'm i'm happy with where we're going i think it's just on the way up at this point nice Tracy? yeah um i mean so i uh actually two days ago i went down to stanford to this um it's like a sports innovation conference and uh they're like business school is hosting in one of the panels was um, women, it was all women, and it was from like kind of representative from a couple of different leagues, like the, the chief growth officer from the WNBA, they had the senior vice president from the new women's professional hockey league, they had the um, woman that is like chief like strategist for the NWSL for marketing and business development, um, like women's pro volleyball, like they had these panelists that were talking about... Um, just like the investment that's being made into women's sports. And so what I took away from that was like, it wasn't <clears throat> like the entire ecosystem of women's professional sports is changing for the better. Like there's just such a bigger level of investment. Um, so I think, you know, I think we're only starting to like really get into what's possible and what the league's capable of. Um, I think the NWSL is actually like, you know, taking this directly from their mouths is like actually created a blueprint for like sustainability um, and like how to continue like building clubs. And because in the next couple of years, they're going to have what we're growing the league by like four or five teams in the next two or three years. So wow. that's pretty, I mean, that's pretty amazing. Right. And so um, I think from like a player standpoint, um, players, I think certainly are more technical and have like a better understanding of the game itself because they can actually watch it. <laughs> Not that they all yeah. do still, obviously. And that's still like an issue in terms of like viewership um, and actually going to games. But the fact that the players that do want to watch it, they can, it's easier to find, right? Like, mm -hmm. and 
that I think has grown. And maybe um, they have a parent who's also watching it. Right. Absolutely. Right. So, um, so I think like there's a much bigger, like tactical awareness and understanding of the game. Um, and I think technically like it's, it's gotten, um, a lot better, but I, I like better to some degree in terms of like, but you think about the way that the club system is now is like, you really only get to play on like a quarter of the field because there's like six teams out there. And then you're playing like rondos and you're in these small spaces and everything's, you know, possession based. And like, you don't really get to do a ton of shooting or a kind of like longer distribution. So I don't think that necessarily like the, the club soccer game is, um, translating to the college game um mm. in like a super positive way um and then ultimately like those college players aren't necessarily translating to like the women's national team or the professional level because i think that there's still like kind of a disconnect between you know like those athletic teams and the teams that are like really great possession based teams so it's like you look at stanford and florida state i mean like night and day between the athletes that are on those teams and like they're all really quality soccer players. They all have like great first touch. They all have great vision. They all can like pass the ball over distance. Like they can do these things great, but like athletes win athletic competitions. And so I think that like that there's, that still has to be something that like we prioritize um, because that's what helped the women win so much at the, in the world cup level. It's this pendulum, isn't it? It's like, for some reason we go like super athletes, that can run and do all of the super genetic code things. And then we don't like that. We like this. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, why can't we just hang out somewhere around here, folks? (laughs) Yeah. And I think that there are, there's certainly like players like that, like, of course. Right. And those players are like dynamic and like just incredible. And that's why, I mean, I thought Florida state, like those players were that like for all those players I agree, like by the way. Athletic, they are also such good soccer players and so technical and so smart. But Vision. Like, they're just yeah. like, but they're also like, yeah, I'm faster than you. So I'm going to run by you. I don't actually need to pass the ball to anybody like, bye, yeah. you know? And so like, but like that recognition of like, I have a, like a strength that you don't and I'm going to exploit you, you know? And in, hmm? Yeah. One of my uh, coaches said, you're either a wizard or you're a warrior. And I remember thinking like, but what if you were a wizard and a warrior? Like, wouldn't you be like the shit.com? And <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. what I wish we could find is the wizards. It's kind of like style of play. I feel like what's your pendulum? Yeah. Not that you need to put it back up. I think we got the visual. It's right here and it's yeah. right here. <laughs> we, got, we got teams that only play 10 yard passes or less. And then we've got teams that just hit it as far as they possibly can. Yeah. Right? <laughs> There's not a lot of like... Maybe the visual it's was helpful. Maybe it's yeah. for a 40-yard ball. This is the visual. <laughs> I, I also think that, like, there's a new, like, brand of coaches. Um, you know, like, a lot of coaches that have been around for a really long time um, that are, like, close to retirement or, you know, have just kind of, like, been grandfathered into their positions. Um, you know, like, at some point, they – I don't know how to say this, like, nicely. Like, they're going to age out, right, or, like, retire. Um and some of like the younger coaches that have like a different perspective on like how to play or how, how to train and um, trying to find a combination of wizards and warriors, you know, uh, will start to change the game, you know, yeah. in a different way. But I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I, I think, win, right. Yeah. yeah. So what, uh, so. both of you guys being in an area that that's, you know, you're going to have an expansion team here shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that been like kind of the run-up to having an expansion team because I mean obviously when the thorns came to Portland 
um, in 2013, like the whole league was starting back up and it wasn't quite the same, but what is that like in 2024 with that in your area? Gosh, I, I mean, I think they've done an incredible job marketing and there's like, so I got to listen to the CEO and the president of Bay FC talk at this um, summit on Wednesday and like the Sixth Street, you know, funders, the investors, like they've done such a great job of putting the right, the right people in place, I think. And I mean, I, I know just like driving through the Bay, like there's, there's so much like signage and awareness. Yeah. Um, and so like, I'm excited because I think it just, it takes money and you finally have a group that is like willing to like invest in a big way and like see it through. And they've got mm -hmm. like the right celebrities to like endorse it. You know, they've really trying to hype up this like Bay, you know, like Bay music and like, it's kind of like a little bit interesting, but whatever. Anyway, that's my own personal <laughs> thought, but um, whatever, they're doing it right. And people are behind it. And so, yeah. you know, because I, I think one of the, the, best things is like there's so many people that like want something to like look forward to and want something to like be a part of and so when you're starting something from like ground zero it's like even if you don't really like care about women's soccer you like don't know anything about it like if that's a cool thing to do is like be on board with this thing that's starting like you're like I got in like you know I've been I've been a fan since like day one it's like okay like there's something about that in the bay like the bay culture is that it's very much like I want to be a part of something like bigger than myself so I think that they're they're doing a good job um, of that and I think you know they've gotten like a lot of kind of like local kids also like on their mm -hmm. roster which is going to help um, you know cool. and obviously like Albertine's from there as well and he's got a good understanding and um, you know, so a lot of people that have a good understanding of the Bay area. Do you guys know uh, where the home games will be or where they train or is that one in the it's same at there? The Earth earthquake stadium. Yeah. It is. Okay. PayPal? PayPal, PayPal park. So they just yeah. broke ground on putting, building a women's locker room. Okay. So and are they training there as well? They're in Santa Barbara right now for preseason. I don't know where they're yeah. going to train though. Okay. I was just I curious. Mean, yeah. Yeah, the Thorns uh, obviously play their games at Providence Park, but they train there and they train at a training facility. And I mean, they used to train at Nike. They trained at a <clears throat> number of different places. So I was just curious. Yeah, I don't know, actually. I, I mean, there's not like a shortage of fields down in San Jose. So I think they'll figure it out. Find something. Yeah. But um, I was mostly curious if they had their own training facility. I guess that's where I was going with it. I bet wherever the earthquakes train is where they train. So yeah. I don't know. Well, you know, actually, I don't know if that's true. Um, where the the 49ers um, train, like outside of Levi's, there's like this big facility. And I thought that they might have been using those fields when they do like their preseason and their training oh. camp. They have like a, like, that might, I don't know if that's true. I might have just made that up, but I feel like someone told me Hello. that. Hey, what's up, man? We've got this guy who just walked in. He doesn't even know what's going on. a new friend. Well, we wanted to thank you guys both, Tracy, Rachel, for, for honestly, I think the biggest thing is just your guys' ability to just be transparent with us. I mean, I think what we're finding is that there's a lot of women, a lot of um, athletes, former athletes that have the same story and sometimes telling it um, from a different narrative is just super refreshing. But I think what we're finding is there's a lot of women, a lot of parents a lot of men too in the game who want to know where we go from here. And so we wanted to both thank you guys for being here. 
How do we find both of you moving forward? Can you guys just give us maybe your guys's uh, Facebook, Instagram, maybe where we can somebody can email you should they have questions? Where are you um, coach currently? Yeah, Tracy. Yeah. Um, my web well. My website, tracy.com, that Rachel Mercek made for me. Yeah. What is it? Um, tracy.com? Tracyham.com. Okay. Um, Tracy.com would have been good, though. I was like, you own tracy.com? Right. Oh, that's amazing. Um, Tracyham.com, double M's, right? Double M, or my Instagram is tracyham10. um, But you mainly just see a lot of pictures of um, my dog or my baby on that. So fun, fun, fun. And where are you currently at, Tracy? Uh, at UC Davis. Hey, okay. Rachel, sure. how can we get a hold of you? Um, my website, I don't have a purchase domain, not really there yet. So, um, but That's I do right. have an Instagram. It's Rachel Mercic, and my website is on there as well for contact and um, all that good stuff. And I currently coach at Cal um, as an assistant coach. So, I mean, go Bears. There's so many Bears right now. And if you had, Bears. and we're going to end, just one quick antidote for a player who wants to play for you guys how could what's what's the what's the best information you can give to somebody who wants to go play for you guys tracy um be really good (laughs) at soccer Um, y'all heard it here y'all heard it (laughs) okay be awesome be really good tracy be a really good soccer you can't have the same answer um i will um, just kind of off of that, be a good human because you're around, um, you're around each other, coaches and players, players to players 24 seven, especially in the fall. So, um, it's important that you not only are a good human, but you also, we want, we want more soccer junkies. We want more soccer junkies junkies. who are good on the field and off the field. Sounds like, yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. We're here with the couch GM, Laura. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you guys at the next one. Thank Bye you. Guys. Space here's a steal. Chance for Justin. Shot. Shot!